welcome to Is This Anime? I am your quote-unquote anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And joining us once again is Jordan Mitchell Love. Jordan, how are you? Ah, doing good. You know, really excited to be for our topic today. It's good. How you doing? Fantastic. I, lo- I love that accent you're going to do for the entire podcast. I'm going to be doing this accent for the entire time. No, I'm not. Uh, but I just wanted to do something different, a fun little intro just to mess with people. So let's just get right into it. We are finally doing Yu Yu Hakusho. We are finally doing it. So Jordan, why do you love Yu Yu Hakusho? Just straight up. I, I love it. To me, it's just, it sort of seems like an unsung hero. I got into it a little later in life because, you know, grew up with Toonami and Dragon Ball Z and Gundam. And going back and looking at Yu Yu Hakusho, it was fun. It was very well structured. Um, and really, arguably, one of, if not the most seminal probably anime manga of the 90s. It's just really been really influential on on just every on I think just everything in anime moving forward. Yeah, I mean, again, this is a show um, manga and series that came out in light of uh, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z's evolution. Uh, so it was written by uh, written and created by Yoshihiro Togashi. It ran from Weekly Shonen Jump from December 1990 to July 1994. The anime uh, ran from 1992 to 1994. Of course, you know, uh, it came out a bit later uh, on Toonami, I think like around 2000, 2001. But yeah, um, for me, my experience with Yu Yu Hakusho was when Shonen Jump uh, first came out in North America. So I got Shonen Jump. I was exposed to Naruto and One Piece and Yu Yu Hakusho all at once. Uh, unfortunately, oh, wow. yeah, and it was before like any of these things like uh, released in Canada for like animation wise. So like I got to experience One Piece uh, before that terrible four kids dub. I got to uh, experience Naruto before that, and yeah, I got to experience Yu Yu Hakusho that way. But Yu Yu Hakusho didn't even. Uh, I don't even think the anime came out on like YTV, or, uh, and I remember even disliking the voice actor for Naruto. So I just didn't even watch much of Naruto either. So I just kind of see that. And I, I, I've watched the Naruto. Um, I've never watched much of the Naruto anime. We still haven't even covered it on the podcast, but like, uh, I like what that voice actor, the dub actor does now, but I guess when I was a, a kid, I was, I just wasn't feeling it, but yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho is weirdly underrated. I think Togashi's mm-hmm. more, uh, popular work ended up becoming hunter hunter because that's something that people just fucking love everyone seems to know hunter hunter but when i talk to friends uh they just aren't super familiar with it which is a shame because as far as shonens go yu yu Hakusho is just one of the most reliable ones i feel it doesn't yeah it doesn't subvert your expectations the arcs are all played pretty straight but it's just so darn good it's just well, and it's seen kind of as a cl- it's seen as a classic too. I mean, because like I think, you know, things like Dragon Ball and things that came out earlier than Yu Yu Hakusho sort of really introduced the the shonen style and the shonen mm-hmm. genre. But Yu Yu Hakusho, I think, perfected it. Yeah, it plays the hits. Um, and then Hunter Hunter, of course, subverts everything, which is kind of funny why that one ended up becoming more popular. But no, I think Yu Yu Hakusho is a very reliable shonen series. It plays the hits, but not in a boring way. Uh, and then, yeah, they ended up making two movies, although I guess the first one we're going to talk about is barely a movie. They call it Yu Yu Hakusho the movie, even though it's only 25 minutes long. Yeah, it's, have... it's, it's like an extended episode. I think it's an OVA. It's, it's basically an OVA. And there's also two more OVAs that came out in 2018 that are only 15 minutes long. Um, 
those I think actually cover like material from the manga that they just never animated. But yeah, I wanted to cover these two weird things just because to me, I was just thinking, hey, let's cover some deep cuts. And uh, I'm sorry to say this. I do not find what we're covering to be very deep. Uh, I can't. Deep in the metaphorical sense, not in the literal sense. There's just not a lot to say about uh, these two movies. So we're going to go through them. But man, I'm I'm not going to lie, Jordan. Maybe you were more positive, but I found uh, animation aside, I found these to be quite middling. I'm not going to I lie. mean, let's let's get into it and let's uh, let's explain our viewpoints and we'll compare and contrast. Let's do it. But yeah, I love the the main series of Yu Yu Hakusho. I find it fantastic. Uh, the other interesting thing about the backstory is that uh, Tagashi was suffering from health issues at the time towards the ending. The last six months were basically very painful for him which is why he pressured Shonen Jump to end the series early. And that's actually why I really like the ending to Yu Yu Hakusho. I don't think we should full out say what happens at the end, but for a no, series... No, that... I, I, don't, I don't think so. But I think one thing that's, again, that's really nice and I think why Yu Yu Hakusho is so underrated is because like it never really oh, like outstays its welcome. I mean, when you have things like Naruto and Dragon, and Dragon Ball, you have... Uh, the the anime kind of caught up with the manga, so they had to do a lot of filler episodes. Mm. There really wasn't a lot of filler in Yu Yu Hakusho, and I think that is part of the part of its strength, at least in the anime. But also, I think that that's all that's part of its weakness because you know when when nowadays when you hear people talk about you know the shows with a bunch of filler, they usually talk about the filler, and that's usually the first things they talk about. And it's either like they love the filler or they hate the filler. Um, see the driving episode in DBZ. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, ha- uh, Yu Yu Hakusho just didn't have a lot of that and it just was really sweet and I know for me at least for this first one this OVA it felt a little like filler it's a little yeah I mean the, the first one's like kind of cute I, I liked it I mean again maybe the word milling isn't the right word um, but that's just Mid, how I, I think is what the kids say <laughs> but no the, the ending to Yu Yu Hakusho is like the most subversive part of the whole series because it does kind of just end uh, it yeah. builds up to like what you think is going to be a big climactic thing. And then Tagashi just kind of pulls the rug under everything. And he's like, nope, uh, we're doing something different. And I like it. I think it was really smart, though. I really enjoyed it. It's a good ending. Um, Obviously, that series could have gone on longer. And then ironically, when Togashi came back with Hunter x Hunter, that's a series that uh, has been plagued by delays because of his uh, extended health issues. uh, Yeah. Hunter Hunter is uh, approaching uh, Winds of Winter levels of unfinished. Uh, oh my god. You know, Togashi, he'll, he'll come in, he'll do a couple chapters and say he's back, and then people will be excited, and then like two months later, he's back to another year and a half hiatus. So I mean, you know, and, health, and you know, that sucks with health issues. Like, it really sucks, but at the same time, like, maybe have someone come in to help him out and like chart it out so that maybe it's not like written directly by him, but it's at least like approved by him. Yeah. It's also just an issue. We're getting to Hunter Hunter talk, but like, it's just an issue of he's in the middle. He basically just kind of should have ended it when he could have ended it because that manga is currently in the midst of a very epic arc and it's basically only in the first act stage. So he can't just really find an end point uh, because then it would just, mean you know cutting everything off and having a very unsatisfying end so it's either push through what he's doing or just kind of do what he's currently doing which is just kind of let it peter out until uh until we see his obituary it seems or he just full-on retires 
Um, yeah, I think probably the, the latter. Yeah, I mean, we don't want it to be a Berserk situation. Although even Berserk managed to continue, um, which has been good. Although, <laughs> this is your Berserk update. Uh, the Berserk manga, the continuation has also been plagued by delays. So Of course it has. Fucking hell, man. I know, you can listen to the Berserk podcast where I'm so excited. I'm like, oh my god, we're going to get, you know, these monthly chapters. It's going to continue. It'll be finished within a couple years. And uh, even now, my faith in that series uh, having a proper conclusion is like, oh, God, this is going to take a while, if at all. Um, but we'll see. Anyways, let's get into these uh, two little things. The first one is Yu Yu Hakusho, the Golden Seal. Uh, it's funny, too. I fucked up. I gave you a bad link. Uh, which you gave me a bad... It was, it was interesting. It was interesting. Well, I... So there's two dubs of this. Uh, the link I gave you was not the Funimation dub. And then I actually found the Funimation dub, but uh, I watched this like 20 minutes before we recorded the podcast. So it was that is late. okay. It was um, okay. Uh, oh, because I have, th- I have thoughts about, I have thoughts about the, what is it, the Media Blasters one that you sent me? Yeah, that's the Media Blasters dub. Which I, have th- I have thoughts. There's some good voice actors in there. There's actually some heavy hitters. Um, the person voicing... Uh, Kuwabera is um, voiced by Lex Lang, who's still a working voice actor. David Hayter, the voice of Solid Snake, uh, played Karama. Uh, so, you know, there's some heavy hitters in there, but it is just funny how that worked out. There, there are some heavy hitters. That being said, like having grown up on the anime and having these very iconic voices for these characters, these iconic dub voices for these characters, it was really weird hearing Solid Snake's voice, this, you know, hardened badass um, who has an eye patch and is this like crazy special forces agent coming out of Kurama? This really soft, um, very like compassionate person who manipulates plants. It was just weird, very weird for my brain. And I, I, I think I when I watched the when I watched this version, I think I had to stop um, when Kurama first came in, and I was like, wait, man, because my brain was just like short circuiting. Yeah, when I realized what happened, I I switched pretty quickly. I didn't even get to Kurama, but for me, it was just the fact I can't deal with a a Kuwabera not voiced by Chris Sabat because his version, right? Is, his version is so fucking good. I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, man, it's so good. Uh, I'm I'm Kuwabera. It's one of those like voice choices that when you first hear it, you think, "Oh God, this is gonna suck." Just because again, it is kind of cheesy, but then you get used to it, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, it's yeah, a, it's. it's- it's so uh, Kubara, man. I, he's he has grown to be probably my favorite character of this series. He's fantastic. I was very disappointed that he wasn't in um the latest video game. They had a vid- Shonen Jump video game called Jump Force, and they they had Yusuke, um, Toguru, and uh, Kurama and Hie, but no Kubara as the Yu Yu Hakusho reps, which was fucked up. That's weird. Because isn't he arguably like the, like the favorite of the four? Yeah, but they cut him out. I don't know. Maybe the game was trying to be more gritty or some shit, but it was fucking bullshit. Um, weird, weird cut. Anyways, Yu Yu Hakusho, the movie, also known as The Golden Seal. This is basically a 30-minute OVA. It premiered at the seasonal Toei Anime Fair in 1993. It's directed by Noriyuki Abe, who, um, he's got credits, man. This guy has done a lot. He's worked on right? Bleach. Yeah, he's worked on a show called, um, fuck, I just forgot them name of it my new boss is goofy i heard it's a dope show it just premiered recently um, i i have actually heard really good things about that um he's done uh 
the Seven Deadly Sins movie. He's done um, he's done Black Butler, which I love Black Butler. I think it's great. I, he did the sequel series. Um, he's done like Ghost Stories, which is also pretty good. Like he's done a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, still working. So yeah, this is this is a heavy hitter. Um, and same with the other guy who we'll get into. But yeah, this OVA, I, I enjoyed it. Again, even though I said it's middling, it's like a fun little adventure. I just wanted more. And I know it's obviously cute. the I know the runtime prevents that. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> uh Yusuke and Kuabera, they are taking down some gangsters when Botan anxiously tells Yusuke that Lord Koenma has been kidnapped. And uh he took his workers to Death Sea Beach, and when he was playing watermelon smash, he was kidnapped. Uh so that's cute. That and, is a uh, sentence out of context that is that is a sentence. Just typical Yu Yu Hakusho shit. Yeah, he's uh, and Koenma's a fun character too. He's this, he's this, like, how old is he? He's like this immortal. I think he's like five, 500, 600 years old, but he looks like an infant. He, uh, uh, y- uh, Yusuke and Koenma have this, like, sort of very um, antagonistic relationship, which is amazing. Um, calling him baby and everything like that, even though Koenma is literally, you know, like hun- like hundreds of years old. It's great. I he always has a pacifier. Yeah, the pacifier is iconic. And the fact that like he also has like uh, his like dream boat form where he's also still got the pacifier in his mouth. I love it. Um, it's great. Great little character. Anyways, he was uh, kidnapped by uh, another uh, 500 year old child god creature named Kawashiwar whose goal is to get the golden seal, which will somehow make him lord or some bullshit. Anyways, yeah. uh, it, again, this is 25 minutes long, so they're just rushing to the plot. You know, they're, they're establishing this shit within five minutes. Uh, five minutes? You're being generous. I think like th- like three minutes. Because we uh, go from, like, that first scene was so, I- that first scene was so iconic, uh, for me was really iconic when um, you had uh, Yusuke and, Yusuke and uh, Kuobara just coming in just coming in going after a bunch of these gangsters on uh, a bunch of these guys on, on summer vacation botan literally just bombs down and then without even skip and then without even skipping the beat the next scene is is uh botan yusuke and kuobara running to the spirit world just yeah. willy-nilly just like wait what there's usually more transition than that but all right cool we got to get to the plot let's go let's go um so yeah yusuke and kuobara they get cornered by uh the jockey goblins but they take them down pretty easily. And they also get taken down. They also get attacked by some tree demons. And this is where Kurama and Hiei show up to kill the demons. Mm-hmm. Pretty quick. Um, action's pretty solid. I was more impressed with the action in uh, the next thing we were talking about, actually. Uh, so anyways, there's a fun moment where um, Yusuke, he, he brings the seal. And uh, Kawashuar is just like, wait, you, you brought it? And he's like, of course I brought it. I didn't have time to use my brain. Uh, pretty much. Which, I love that's a real uh, Yusuke moment where again, he's just charging straight into attacking uh, Kawashiwar. He's pretty excited to have the golden seal, but his henchman Yasha betrays him and Yusuke fires a spirit gun, but Yasha opens its chest up to reflect the attack back and Yasha then transforms into a stronger form. Yusuke gets beaten down. He then fires uh, a spirit gun and Yasha reflects it back. But uh, Yusuke dodges. The blast opens a hole in the volcano, which hits Yasha. And then, with his chest placed, with his chest placed now fused shut from molten lava, Yusuke is able to defeat Yasha once and for all. Yeah, that's a that's about that's pretty it. Pretty much it. <laughs> that's that's, that's pretty much it. It's 
It's cute. It's fun. Um, the animation it was about the same level as the tele uh, as the television show. Um, still had some really cute moments. Like I said, the man they did because you know you we talked about it briefly in the beginning, but they did have um, two different ver- two different dub versions. They did have the Media Blasters um, version in 1998. And then the Funimation version in 2011. The Funimation version has all of the has all of the iconic voices of uh, of Yu Yu Hakusho that we're familiar with: Justin Cook as uh, as Yusuke, uh, Christopher Sabat as as uh, Kuobara, um, John uh, John Bergmeier as Kurama, uh, Chuck Huber as Hiei. It had all of those iconic voices. The Media Blasters did not. No. Did not. It was weird. Um, again, we talked about it earlier. Weird to hear to hear uh, Solid Snake's voice coming out of Kurama, the the softest of the the the, the most compassionate of the four. Very weird. I, I'm gonna have to rewatch that. I'll definitely give a listen to that because again, I dipped out just when I heard Kurabar. And again, Lex Lang is like a good voice actor. He's he's been in he some shows we've covered. Um, still working, not a bad guy at all. But again, Kurabar's uh, voice by Christopher Sabat is just fucking iconic. Um, it's just it's so he's so good at it and it's again it's like you said that voice that is just so you think is going to be so grating but then it winds up being like one of the highlights of the show absolutely uh so kawashiwar he reveals his reason for hating koenma he had a gift for a girl he liked but koenma got the jump on him so he, he, he's an incel he's a he's a 500 year old incel that is that is sad that is really sad He's a funny character, uh, and and both Koenma and Kawashiwar get a thousand spankings. Uh, Kawashiwar for his deeds, and Koenma for letting it happen. So, I mean, fair. I, that seems kind of like enablist, though. Like, just you were blaming Koenma for, you know, oh, like, hey, this is your fault because you got kidnapped. Like, how dare you? That's kind of victim blaming. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, well, it was the '90s. They 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 operated in a harsh way. So it was a, it was a different it was a different time frame, y'all. It was a different time frame, and he's he's ten thousand. No, which, he, he's five hundred years old, but he got ten thousand spankings. Yeah, uh, which I realize this. Um, it came out. The release date for uh, for the Golden Seal was July tenth, nineteen ninety three. So just past its thirty year anniversary. Do you yeah. feel old when I said that? It's, you know, time is a flat circle, like Matthew McConaughey <laughs> said. <laughs> Yu Yu Hakusho, Poltergeist reports. Uh, that's the uh, American name. It's called something else in Japan. It is called. Uh, I can. Oh, l- I can. Let me try my uh, Japanese on it. So, uh, my Japanese pronunciation. So, Yu Yu Hakusho Meikai Shitohen Honno no Kizuna. Yes. I know. As someone who hosts an anime podcast but does not speak Japanese, uh, I accept it. Yeah, this movie, for one thing, the most positive thing I can say about this movie is that it looks fucking gorgeous. This is the best yeah. Yu Yu Hakusho has ever looked, in my opinion. I guess Absolutely I would have gorgeous. To, I guess I'd have to rewatch the 2018 OVAs, but I don't think they're going to top it, especially because I just like that 90s animation style. But yeah, this movie does have a movie budget. It looks great. My issues again. I know Yu Yu Hakusho is a very conventional series, and that's why I like it. But the story here just plays it too safe, in my opinion. Don't you feel? I agree. No, I agree with it. Um, it's. Again, that's part of the problem when you play something too safe. I think when you have a full series, like I forget how many episodes uh, Yu Yu Hakusho was, but I think 112. When you have that many episodes, you can you have the ability and the flexibility to pull it, to play within those safe parameters of a typical shonen uh, 
of a typical shonen. Whereas with a 95 minute movie, you don't really have that option. You just gotta, you know, kind of stick, kind of stick to it. It's part of the reason why a lot of the older um, Dragon Ball Z movies just aren't well received because they they're too rushed. Yeah, absolutely. Even the uh, the Hunter Hunter movie we covered, I, I've only watched the first one, but even that was just very weird because Hunter Hunter is a series that is all about subverting expectations. And then the movie that we watched for the podcast uh, played everything straight. It was just pure fan service and it's fine and it looks nice, but it also, but, but it doesn't feel like Hunter Hunter. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I agree. I, I have not seen the Hunter Hunter movie yet, but I have heard, I have heard. That it's it's just, a nice, it's little, fine. It's fine. It's fine. Anyways, the river sticks is flooding. Uh, Lord Kuenma takes refuge in the Great Vault and he summons Botan. He gives her something and tells her to take it to Yusuke. He's then swallowed into the flood. Botan meets with Yusuke uh, at his high school, but she's battered and soaking wet. At a shrine, a red-haired girl who is clearly our movie character, original <laughs> character, OC, as I put it, is being attacked by demons. Uh, Kuwabara gets the chance to rip some demons up. And this girl name is Hinagashi. And she's a guide from the spirit world. She's she's like a contemporary of Botan. Yep, Botan. Botan gets treated by Genkai, and Kurama arrives to tell the gang that the spirit world is gone. Uh, so we learn about the Netherworld. The Netherworld existed within balance between the demon world, like the human world and spirit world. However, the Netherworld tried to gain possession of the human world, and uh, how the Netherworld was defeated is unknown. But Emperor Enma did it. So. I do like I, I I like the world building here. I like the fact that yeah, we're we're seeing a new side of this world building where the demon world has its own counterpart in the form of the netherworld. I thought that was interesting and that uh not much is done to uh make it interesting beyond that. Yeah, it it felt really interesting and I thought that they were going to really delve into this world building in this whole different aspect. But again, it's a movie. You got to go go go. You're going 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 um and our our main villain, he's basically wants to open up a bunch of portals. Again, portals, which which maybe back in the day were uh, more of a unique idea, but certainly now we're uh, in the days of every Marvel movie having a portal sequence. Like fucking portals! I don't want to see portals in media anymore. We, it's, it's lazy storytelling. It's like nano. I mean, it could be argued that they took the idea from Yu Yu Hakusho and from this movie. I'm sure they did. Uh, every that, I'm sure there's plenty of Marvel folks who love anime. I'm not. I'm not being facetious either. I think there are. No. Um. But yeah. Uh. What is it? Uh. Hie also shows up and he acts all broody as he does. Uh. Also, just for the record, I I watched this in Japanese. I did not uh, want to listen to the uh, other dub of this because. Yes, because it was a completely different cast from the Funimation dub and even from the uh. Uh, even from the Media Blasters uh, dub. Yeah, just it's also weird how inaccessible these movies are. I mean, they're they're accessible because they're just available copyright uh, free on like YouTube and other sites. But like you can't just watch them on Crunchyroll or some shit, which I just find really weird. Um, I guess they just again, don't it, care I, about them. Yeah, I think, again, it just kind of lends itself to the idea that, you know, Yu Yu Hakusho is just very overlooked, like we talked about in the beginning. It's, you know, it because you have things like Hunter x Hunter and, and other series that subvert the expectations of a, sh- of a shonen, we tend to forget that really shonen was cemented through 
arguably Yu Yu Hakusho, the typical format we know. So because it kind of plays everything straight, you know, it's a lot of people could find it as boring. Yeah, and I mean, listen, I've I've watched um, some slightly older stuff. Like I've I tried to get through Knights of the Zodiac or, or Saint Seiya as it's known, and fuck, I watched eighty episodes of that because it does have a reputation for being good. I did not see it. I watched. Yeah, again, that show is just, and it's right. I think it even it like predates Dragon Ball when it comes to like character transformations. But fuck, that is like. Uh, sorry to Saint Seiya fans. I guess we're not covering it on the podcast, but that's just a no. Boring we show. can. Maybe we can. Something. There's got to be something to talk about about it because I'm already saying what I can say about it, which is it's just kind of boring. It, it's, it's very, like, it's very cookie cutter. Um, and yeah, it's just very cookie cutter. And like they kind of do the same thing day in and day out. And granted, Yu Yu Hakusho does do the same, does follow the same kind of plot points and plot beats, but they do it in a way that is interesting enough and varied enough within the format where you go, oh, I don't feel all that bored. Yeah, I like the characters of Yu Yu Hakusho. I can't say the same about like Saint Seiya. I, yeah. They have different hair colors. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, um, and also, I love the fact that we stick with just four people. It's, you know, it's a very tight, ca- you know, we have really like the main four people. We have Yusuke, we have Kuwabara, we have Kurama, we have Hiei. And then, you know, uh, we have Keiko and Botan and Koenma, you know, kind of support uh, supporting them and, Gen- and Genkai as well. Like it's a it's a it's a small, solid cast. Yeah, and they're they're developed well. And also, I think one of the the great things about Yu Yu Hakusho is it gives its supporting characters wins. I think a lot of um, shonen series, especially, have have a bad habit. I mean, Dragon Ball especially had a bad habit of this, where all the characters have to just end up jobbing so the lead character can finish the series, yeah, um, or the series arc. But then, like Yu Yu Hakusho is like, no, like you know, Kuwabara gets his fights, he gets his wins, and Togashi finds a way um to take him out of the story but not in a way that like hurts the character's reputation he's like okay no yes. and it makes and it makes sense for Kuobara's character yeah or he or or uh kurama like i remember i think this might have even been the final arc where like he just like has a fight where he just goes so hard that he pretty much just burns himself out and that's a very he thing to do so it's like it takes him out of the story but not in a way that diminishes him you know yeah um, and speaking of uh, supporting characters, uh, I think um, my favorite in uh, in the Poltergeist movie is probably Kurama, uh, not Kurama, uh, Kuwabara. I love his character arc, and I love that he gets some really great shining moments because Kuwabara, that that for me was one of the shining moments of of this movie. Like it's all, it's usually always the Yusuke show. Like he always goes into it, but Kuwabara has some amazing moments in this movie, and I just I wanted to point that out because like. He's just, in my opinion, he's the goat. Like, he's the true goat. He absolutely is. Uh, so, yeah, back to where we were with Ye just showing up. We meet our villain, uh, Lord Yakumo. He fucks up a city block, and we see he has three demon knights as henchmen. A massive netherworld portal then opens up, and we learn that they're trying to siphon all the spirit energy from Earth. Yusuke has his first confrontation with uh, Yakumo, and he is, of course, bodied, because uh, that's how these stories work. The hero that's how fights, it works. The hero fights the bad guy, and then he loses to the bad guy, so we establish that the bad guy is strong. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he just gets bodied. Kuwabara has a fight with a blue androgynous knight who can copy their opponent's moves. I thought that fight was fun. Because, um, again, a move copier is, like, that's always a fun uh, fight like that. They're kind of like Mystique from the X-Men or some shit. Yeah. And, um, uh, and Yeah. Oh, go ahead. 
No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say Karama's oppo- opponent. They have a personal connection to him, which I found to be neat. So that's the other thing. It gives like Karama an actual like personal arc in this movie, which is neat. So uh, Kurone is a dude with a hypnotism power who claims Karama left him to die. Uh, and then back to Kuwabar, he tricks his opponent into blowing their spirit energy, resulting in the fight being all about raw power, which is what Kuwabara has in spades. So he just goes raw power and punches them in the face. Which is great. And he is actually the first one in the movie to defeat uh, to defeat one of uh, one of the lords of the netherworld. Not Hiei, not, Ku- not Kurama, Kuwabara. Yeah, and it's amazing. A, it's a clean win, and it's him using his, like, you know, smarts. Because, again, Kuwabara, he, he can be a bit of a butthead, but he actually uh, defeats his opponent in a pretty clever way, which I liked. So, yeah, unfortunately, Yakumo's uh, plan to restore the netherworld is still succeeding. Yakumo then shows up to Genkai's place and kicks her ass, too. He then levitates Botan's body, and uh, I guess he's attempting to take the power spear from her, because that's the whole thing. Botan has this power spear that's going to... Uh, give Yakumo all power or some bullshit. Yeah, it's a it's a power sphere and it basically has the power to reshape the netherworld and really only uh Yakumo has the uh has the power to properly wield it. That's why it was kind of held in hiding. Yeah. Uh so the gang is dejected from their big L against Yakumo, but they get together and they declare their intent to take him down on their turf. So, that's your your big goddamn hero moment, which I did enjoy. Um loved it. Kurama and Kurone, they have their rematch. Uh, Kurone attacks with a scythe that moves so fast that they can create illusions, but Kurama is able to deduce that Kurone isn't who he says he is when he drops his prize pendant and also attacks from the rear, because he's basically just like, the real Kurone would never strike me from the back. Um, And then the demon reveals itself to be a toad-like creature, which Kurama then kills by impaling him uh, by summoning bamboo and uh, then blowing him up, which was pretty fucking awesome. Loved it. Ah, I loved that moment. I do really like Kurama. He's um, he's amazing. And I did like how even though the character wasn't actually Kurone, it's still tied into Kurama's past. So the movie didn't feel completely useless. Like it gave us some like new details about Kurama, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a nice little kind of filler. And it kind of gave um, through uh, Kurama's deduction, like you said, he it gave Kurama a, a little bit more character depth and a little bit more to it. And I felt and I think this movie, more so than like uh, than you know the OVA and everything like that, it felt very complimentary of the series, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think my biggest problem with it, which is why I find the movie to be kind of middling, is really that just how uninteresting Lord Yakumo is. Oh, he's so uninteresting. Like he's so uninteresting, and like his motivation, um, his motivation is very um, kind of meh. Like, oh, I want to restore my world cool like and there's not and there's not much more to it like he wants to restore his world but they don't like make him sympathetic or even like they they, they could have twisted it in a way where it's like oh maybe the netherworld wasn't so bad or there was something redemptive about it or maybe lord enma um did some dirty shit like i i don't know why i'm, I'm remembering thor ragnarok which has like a pretty powerful moment that nobody remembers which is that like odin um basically conquested asgard on a lie or whatever i'm getting some of the details mixed up but the, the whole movie is like actually like anti-colonialism <laughs> and yeah people are people are just like oh yeah funny thor movie you know though you see the hulk's ass but then like taika is like again taika as like you know an indigenous uh person from new zealand is like putting these like very clear anti-colonialist themes in that movie where it's like 
yeah, Asgard sucked, and it was like a good thing it got blown up. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Which, and uh, again, I'm not saying this movie needed to do that exact same fucking plot, but maybe they could have given Lord Yakumo something where it's like, hey, maybe this guy has a point, or maybe there's some details that we didn't know about Lord Enma's conquest or some shit. And uh, he was a mo- no. he was a movie villain who was not really well developed. Like he was an, he was an uh, he was an OC character. Um, that was not very well developed. Where I fe- whereas I feel like uh, Hinageshi was a little more well developed. Yeah. Um, in Corone again, Corone. Even if Corone wasn't Corone, it was still like a cool little thing. Um, yeah. Now it's Ga's turn. He gets to go full evil mode, and we get a big, massive energy blast battle. Uh, I should note. Oh fuck, man! This movie. This movie. I think. Uh, what year did it come out? Um, uh, uh nineteen ninety four. Okay, so yeah, fuck. I know why this movie had these seizure-inducing scenes. Because yeah, this was pre-Pokemon Shock. Uh, yep. Before the seizure instant, like, actually forced forced Japanese animation to have regulations when it came to this shit. Because like, fuck, man, some of the flashing light scenes in this movie were like, bad. Yeah, they definitely kind of threw me a little bit. Yeah, I was like, oh god, I'm like, I can't watch this. Uh, there's a There's another anime, I forget. <laughs> I forget the name of it, but I couldn't even like stomach like five episodes of it. It was so bad. Like even the intro would just like have these like flashing sequences. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I, I don't have like, uh, I don't have like seizure issues, but like th- it was making me sick. Watch it. Mm, so, yeah. So just this, uh, these pre Pokemon shock, uh, animations, man, you're just like, oh yeah, this is before they had to have like real regulations. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it was definitely like very interesting kind of like it's sort of like a scene as like a wild west uh, like the wild west time and seeing it like pre you know uh pre pre uh uh pre ps as i call it pre pokemon seizure yeah man but yeah i found that noticeable but yeah he gets this big massive energy blast battle which ends with he straight up just melting his opponent uh this should also be noted this movie is way more violent than the tv series so much more violent and i love yeah. it yeah People get cut up, melted. There's a lot of blood. It, it is pretty dope in that regard. Um, Yakumo, he finally gets his power sphere and he declares himself God. Um, he reveals the wickedness of humans was what allowed um, him to break his seal. And then cool. Yusuke... Yeah, cool. Like, cool. Like, all right, that was weird. Wish we could have known that earlier. Um, the climax of this fight is pretty good, though. Um, so Yusuke, he does managed to defeat uh yakumo seemingly defeats him with a big spirit blast uh that's like friendship powered uh so what's the first uh thing the first thing we get is like the friendship blast where uh yeah uh kuwabara and uh kurama and yay give yusuke their energy which is uh able to all uh, like sync together and 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 yusuke uses it as a spirit as a massive spirit gun to like break the the break the power sphere and convert it into spirit energy yeah, that was fucking dope. And it seems like Yakumo's been defeated, but he then returns and has one last fight with Yusuke. Yusuke then uses all of his spirit energy and shoots his spirit gun through the power sphere, destroying it along with uh, Yakumo. Did, did we even know what the fuck happened to Hinagashi, the, the, our OC? I swear we don't even see her in like the last bit of the movie. So I, I don't think we really do. Um, I don't remember. I thought she like, um, died or some shit. I even looked in the wiki and it doesn't even say what happens to her. So no, because the wiki there's not a lot in the wikis. <laughs> Fuck that. Like, this this movie is so. Again, I think this movie is worth watching if you just want to have like one 
extra adventure with uh, the Spirit Detective crews. But yeah, man, I don't know. He, he, the movie just doesn't seem to be interested in its own plot, which is a see, bummer. like I, I will, I will disagree slightly. I will have a slight hot take. Okay. Um, I actually really enjoyed the whole climactic fight because it all made perfect sense to me. Because uh, normally, and this is where I think a they, it's averted. I think it the movie played it a little safe, but it did kind of, um, but it stayed within like kind of something interesting. It did something different where. You know, usually in shonen anime, you have um, you know a one on uh, a one on one fight between the main character and the villain, and the uh, main character almost gets defeated, and then all of a sudden gets an inadvertent crazy power up. Whereas this time, he had to work together with his friends, and then kind of you, i.e., you know, with the rest of the crew, Kuwabara, Kurama, Hiei, lending their power, and then um, when Yakuma wasn't defeat, still wasn't defeated, Yusuke decided to fire the spirit gun through the power sphere which basically augmented the power of the sphere into Yakumo defeating him. I thought all of that made perfect sense, and I actually really enjoyed that. Okay, yeah, I mean, listen, I love a good friendship blast, so that was cool. Friendship blast, they help I, everyone. Listen, man, it's, again, it's like I said, the ending to Gurren Lagan. I love that the power of friendship um, being what defeats the, the big bad guy is how every yeah. fucking movie and uh, TV show should end. And um, there's, there was a really cool note that i really enjoyed and this is again why i think kubara has like some of the best parts in this movie is that in the initial ending fight you see yusuke and uh and yakumo fighting and maybe this is just maybe this is just the actor in me the performer in me but you know one of the things that throws me off sometimes with anime is there's a lot of exposition dump which you do have in this movie so if you don't like exposition dumps just be forewarned but um, Yakumo the whole time he's using his energy against uh, Yusuke and he's basically just flicking like flicking his energy with like one finger kind of a la a la like My Hero Academia mm-hmm. like uh, early My Hero Academia and Yusuke is completely overpowered by it but then he's about to finish Yusuke off and does a full handed full power blast and Kuwabara jumps in and keep in mind he still has zero spirit energy from his earlier fight and through sheer grit and determination and friendship he basically takes the full-handed blast uh, from Yakumo and then throws it aside and is like, "Hey, I got you. I got you, bro. It is just the power of friendship and I freaking love it and Kuwabara is amazing." Kuwabara rules. We were we were deprived of a Kuwabara spin-off anime. We really uh, were, and I think that needs to happen. Well, I mean, you know, they had the OVAs in in 2018. It could still happen. Yeah, but I mean, that's just like manga material. They just didn't uh, cover in the anime. It's fine. Um, what was it? The other thing, too, about Kuwabara is he doesn't even participate in the last arc of Yu Yu Hakusho. Like, you, they're just like, no, you got to study for exams. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's like, OK, all right, I guess so. But again, it kind of makes sense of this character because there are nuggets that he's actually very smart. Yeah. It's just a funny thing that, like, he doesn't even get, like, a final battle. And, hey, it's, it's true to the character, and it is just a funny thing. Also, we know T- Tagashi was just rushing through that ending because he was, uh, felt like he was dying. So, poor guy. I know. It's still a uh, good ending, I think. It's a good ending, but it, it, it is just funny how it's an ending that was done by a guy who just really just wanted to quit. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it did feel very wish on that. Have we done Yu Yu Hakusho on the podcast yet? No, this is the first time, and again, we should we should do the whole, the full series because I think it's I think it's a, a worth a visit. There, I think we could definitely do a pick five uh, podcast for sure of the highlights, and also I like think that would be great. I also, you know, the um, 
The live action show is coming out in December, which uh, does not look promising from what I've seen, but maybe they'll nope. prove us wrong. Nope. I mean, <laughs> nope. <laughs> it it's, does not. It, it's they couldn't even nail the looks of the characters. And I don't even think those characters are that hard to adapt. Like I've seen like uh, I was looking at pictures of like stage plays from Yu Yu Hakusho and those costumes look better than what the show is doing. Oh no! Yeah. Well, oh, like they... can we can we watch it? Can we watch it and it do was... and do a drinking game? Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Um, what I is it? Drinking game. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm just really bummed they didn't even give us uh, clarification on Hinagashi because that's the other thing too. I thought, I'm like, okay, Hinagashi is going to be you know the movie original OC that the movie centers around, and then even she doesn't have like a lot to do. Like, she I really doesn't. She would... I thought she would have a role to play in the finale and like I don't even know if she's alive. She's never she's not seen in the final shots of the film. So uh hashtag where's Hinagashi. Hashtag where's Hinagashi? Um also I really loved it, and maybe this is just a, a personal thing, but I love the budget of the film. That being said, and this is just a personal gripe of mine, uh Yusuke's um like quote unquote like you know, second and third act uh, outfit where he's got the the jean jacket with the jeans and the and the long white t-shirt because that was a very 90s thing to do. Um the the length of the t-shirt changed constantly, and that really bugged me. <laughs> it really, really bugged me. I was like, wait, what wait, oh, so now it's like wait the t-shirt is like mid thigh and now it's you know kind of near his waist and now all of a sudden it's fully tucked into his pants cool awesome all right cool i'll go with it uh i should note uh masakatsu uh ijima um he's the director of this he's done a lot of work on pokemon he's like he's mostly a unit director that's where i see a lot of mm -hmm. his credits but he's done a shit ton of pokemon stuff so it's kind of funny where he came from um He's done work he went on from really super violent. He went from like a really kind of like violent shonen movie to pocket monsters. Yeah. Well, it's funny too. Berserk was another thing where it was done by the same studio as Pokemon. And, you know, they thought like Pokemon was just going to be like a 50 episode contract. And then they just became the, the uh, Pokemon animation company. Like Oh, it's the same thing with uh, High School of the Dead because the, the animator, uh, the animator for that, it was his first like non adult work. Mm -hmm. And you can tell. Um, which that's another interesting one that we should go because that one's got a, a slightly sad history as well. But um, but it's a very it's also a very good uh, a very good show. Yeah, in my um, opinion. All right, let's get to our favorite segment. Cue the music. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So for those just joining in, the Speedwagon is our favorite supporting character from these, uh, I guess, these two little movies. I'll go first. Um, my Speedwagon is Kawashiwar. I like uh, the fact that he is just uh, an incel. He's a, a silly little incel that, you know, it, it's first of all, it's nice to see another Koenma style character. So I thought that was interesting. And yeah, I thought his uh, incel reason for the whole story was just kind of funny. I don't have much nice. more to say about that. Uh, what about you, Jordan? Uh, so my speedwagon character is uh, Kurone. Uh, I think Kurone, even though even though the character was technically not real, uh, I think added a lot of depth to uh, to Kurama, who is like arguably like a tertiary um, protagonist, which is not something you see very often in 
in a movie from a uh, from an animated series. So I really appreciated that depth that they add that they added to Kurama's character in in a movie because they didn't have to do that. Um, so really, really, really enjoyed that, and it gave uh, Kurama um, a vehicle in which to overcome and be badass. Yeah, absolutely. That sums it up for the speed wagons. Uh, final thoughts on what we just watched. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, I find these movies are fine. They're extra Yu Yu Hakusho, which isn't a bad thing. And I do think the stellar animation definitely makes um, the the full length movie worth watching. But yeah, I don't know, man. I I wish there were there were more Yu Yu Hakusho movies, honestly, just because like I wish there was just more we could chew on. Maybe they could have had a chance to do do another one because that's the thing like one piece has had like great movies even if they are technically filler so like you could do fun things with these characters and so for these to be the only things uh of like extra material it it just kind of bumps me out and i do think there's things about these movies worth watching but yu yu Hakusho deserves more i don't know man it's uh maybe we could get like a 40 or 50 anniversary uh revival just give us a fun story with this cast because they do fucking rule and they deserve more yeah i mean kind of the same thing i will say that the uh that the golden seal personally didn't do it for me i thought it was very cute um didn't really add a lot for me i liked uh uh i liked the poltergeist report a lot better I thought it was a lot more interesting a lot more entertaining and uh if anyone is kind of on the fence about um, whether or not they want to go into you, Hakusho, I would argue maybe give the Poltergeist report report a shot. You may be a little bit lost, but if it is kind of your vibe and it is your jam, then you know that's probably a good indicator that you should check out the series because again, it's arguably one of the most iconic um, anime series of at least the past of at least the past generation um, because it's just done so much for the genre for anime in general and manga in general. So you know, it's I think it's definitely worth a watch. As well as Ab- the series. Absolutely. Yeah, I think if someone's like worried about how they feel, then yeah, it might be a good taster. But again, it's just fucking funny that they don't even have this shit up on Crunchyroll. Like, it's just such... It's, it's super so- weird. Listen, uh, I was going to say, can you include it in the show notes of like a link for, for these movies? Yeah, and I, I mean, I already described how to find them. You can literally YouTube these things. I mean, yeah, but you know, let's... You know, we want to have those links because, you know, we're uh, or something. I don't know. But it, you know, either way, like both I think both of these are definitely interesting. They're definitely fun. You know, it's Yu Yu Hakusho probably is not for everyone in the same way that like, you know, shows like uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion is not for everyone. But they're still stalwarts of anime and manga in general. So they are at least worth a watch. Absolutely. Jordan, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me across all the social media platforms at J Mitchell Love. That's with three L's. And they can also find me um, on my website. It is uh, it is uh, jmitchellove.com. Where can they find you? Uh, at Jack is Jack on Instagram. Only Real Jack M on Twitter. Find this podcast on at is this anime pod on Instagram. We basically don't exist on Twitter anymore. Um, that I think it's now X. I'm not calling it that. And. <laughs> Fuck, man. Maybe when Elon uh, sells it, uh, they'll change it back to Twitter. I think uh, I, that would be great. I think that's probably what's going to happen. I feel like Elon is just sitting on this and he's like, okay, when when can I sell? When can I sell it? Um, <sighs> yeah, man. I remember when I was making fun of Elon Musk back when people liked him and they're like, why are you making fun of this guy who's super cool? And I'm like, nah, man, he's he sucks. Not very cool. I, I knew he was going to suck uh, before everyone else did. Anyways, uh, I hope you, dear listener, enjoyed it. Uh, This podcast, as you kind of know, due to my new job, I finally have found uh, new employment. Uh, 
this podcast is definitely going to now be on every other week intervals. We'll try not to make it longer than that, but thank you for sticking with it. It's always a good time. We do this out of love and Hey, there's so much fucking anime that if this podcast doesn't air on the week you prefer, I'm sure you have something else you can watch, but enjoy you. You Haku show. Uh, you should just rewatch the show from the start. If you got the time. Super fun. The best. All right. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.